Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Tuning into the Metal Forge, I am Mark Jackson and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. Thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. My name is Mark Jackson and I am your host. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is. October. It is the start of spooky season here at the Metal Forge, where this month I will be having nothing but like really heavy bands and occult bands and you know the spooky stuff out here. And this week, today, I have Acid Cross from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and they are going to be checking in here in just a few minutes. But before we do, oh my God, what are y'all? Uh, what are y'all going as for Halloween this year? You going as Beetlejuice? You going as you know Wednesday Adams? Do y'all believe in like the the sexy like zombie nurse thing? You know, if you're if you're a woman out there or a guy or a guy, you know, you could do it as well. You could be a, I guess. But anyways, yeah. So what are your all's Halloween costumes going to be this year? Most of the time, I just kind of cop out. Either I, I stay at home. This is my first year actually owning a house in a city where I can actually possibly hand out candy, which is pretty cool, because where I used to live in the country, you know, we didn't have uh, many uh, trick-or-treaters, even like years ago. Years ago, it was even worse because there was less people that lived up there. 
But regardless, I'm excited because I'm gonna I'm gonna hand out some candy and stuff like that, and and be probably watching some horror movies and such. It'll be fun times as always. Be watching Phantasm on on repeat, all five films that day. Probably Friday the Thirteenth, stuff like that. Super rad stuff. But I did talk uh, last week, and or well, actually, you know, I made a post. Uh, promoting Acid Cross coming into the Metal Forge this week, and I did say that I would give you guys a Louder Than Life Sunday review, which I only went for the one day. Totally rad day. Spent the day with uh, my buddy Zach in Fingernails. Super rad guy. You should check them out. And we need I need to have him on the show. I've, I've been talking about this for years, but he does like instrumental music, so to have him actually talk about it would be kind of cool, I think. So anyways, shout out to you, Zach. I had an awesome time with you. Got to see so many of my friends there that I haven't seen in years. Robert, Shane, Austin, Lucas. You know, super rad people. It was so good to see you guys again. And I got to meet so many cool people. Got to meet some uh, some of the Metalla chapter people from uh, South Carolina and a few other places. I got to meet a, somebody, a Metallica fan from in the chapter from uh, California, which was really cool. You know, shout out to the uh, the other people here in the And Justice for Indiana group that were there. Rad times. So, yeah, Metallica headlined. Judas Priest sub-headlined. It was super rad. Uh, honestly, the shining moments of the day, Sabaton was fucking amazing. I was, you know, I wanted to see them. I was just like, you know what, let's see what they're all about. And they had a tank for a drum riser. I was like, what is this? Zach and I were just like, dude, is that a tank? And then the guy next to it goes, it's not just any tank. It's a Yamaha tank, which was funny as hell. Because they they actually, instead of having like any kind of like military insignia, they had the Yamaha logo on there, which I thought was funny. <laughs> but uh, shining moment of the day uh, was Sabaton. Uh, of course, you know, Judas Priest. Never got to see them live. Holy hell. I really wanted to buy tickets to the Nashville show here at the uh, at the end of October. And I was about to, and I got a text from uh, Zach. And he goes, you didn't buy those tickets yet, did you? And I was like, no, why? What's up? And he, and he sent me the link about uh, Richie Faulkner going into the hospital. And I was just bummed. I'm bummed out about it because it was just like, you know, I know I said something about it last week about the Dusty Hill thing, and now this has happened. It's like, fuck, man. I'm at a loss for words at it, honestly. I mean, it's just so insane. This is the best way I could put it. Just crazy, cannot fathom, like, you know, all of a sudden he got put in uh, into the hospital, had to have heart surgery the next day on Monday. Craziness. But Metallica always... Uh, is there, you know, impresses me. I love seeing Metallica. I will see them any chance I get to just because. And it had rumored that over the weekend, because on the Friday set, they didn't play anything from the Black Album. So it had rumored that they were going to play the Black Album in its entirety, which they did in reverse. So they started, you know, with Struggle Within, went went backwards and ended that, Segment on Inner Sandman, which I've always thought is interesting for a band to play an entire album live. You know, seeing Yes do it, seeing Rush do it, you know, where concept albums and stuff like that, but you know, 
you know, Metallica playing a full album live, I think is really cool too, because there's album tracks. Even on that, there is, you know, and there's a lot of bangers on there, but you know, you're not going to see like holier than now and don't tread on me. And, you know, maybe my friend of misery and struggle within, you're not going to get those, but to see it actual live, it, it was it was really cool. It was super rad, and uh, I actually did a, a thing I've never done at a show. For one, I was up by I was up by the rail. It was it was super hot. It you know it smelled like piss and hot body heat and hot air. It was crazy. Um, at to a point, you know, I was probably about twenty feet from the rail. And I was just like, I have got to get out of here. So I was like, dudes, and we're all pushing across each other. And it's not like you're actually, it's not like the mosh pit kind of thing. It's not the pit, dude. But it's, you know, everybody is just packed in as tight as they can go. And it's just rad. It's just that concert experience. And it was insane because, like, it was just so hot. Sunday was the hottest day of the weekend, and with all of the people compacting, I was just, there was a point in time where I seriously thought that I was going to suffocate in that pit, because I'm not that tall of a dude, I'm only like 5'8", and I'm in a pit with like a bunch of other people that are taller than me, so it's like, dudes, you gotta get me out of here, so I crowd surfed for the first time in my life, I'm 38 years old, I crowd surfed for the first time, I'm also a huge dude. You know, you guys have seen pictures of me on the internet. You know, I'm a huge guy, and for my big ass to be up and out and like above everybody and up to the front, I was just like, "What the hell?" And it was the coolest and scariest experience with the, uh, you know, with the feeling like the constriction. But like once I was up and out, it was insane. Like it was the coolest, freshest air I think I'd ever breathed in my life. I mean, I can't explain it. It was it was crazy. But yeah, so I'm looking forward to going to more shows. Not doing that. I think I'm going to sit back from, a, not necessarily from afar, but you know, definitely not going to ride the rail anytime soon again. You know, I, I haven't done that in years anyways. Just wanted to know if I could still do it. And it was rough. But then again, it was also a festival. It was Metallica and Judas Priest, which cool thing uh seeing uh kirk hammett play with judas priest on the uh, the green man alishi with the two-pronged crown was awesome that was a tour debut for that song and that was just great down below there are links to the sponsors and without you guys supporting them they can't support the metal forge either and i am so grateful that you all do help these businesses whether you're listening to their podcast you're buying instruments from them you're going and getting tattoos you're going to the discogs page thank you all so much and continue to please support all of these guys you know ageless art tattoo and piercing mom's music maxwell's house of music better days records unchained tapes mercenary press the wrestling steve show the night demon heavy metal podcast the it's gonna get weird podcast keep supporting those guys because every bit helps us at the metal forge and it helps them too also making sure you all uh, click on the spotify playlist as well you get to hear all of the previous uh, bands that have been on the show and you'll be supporting those people as well too thank you all so let's get into this this is acid cross this is mind flare black tower (laughs) 
Reality, bending tight, white noise, bitter faces with no eyes. 
All right, Metalheads, I'm being joined here in Ottawa, Ontario, in the start of spooky season. Halloween month here at the Metal Forge, where we're going to have constant, awesome, cool, fucking, like, horror bands on the show. And I've got this black thrash horror movie zombie murder death band, Acid Cross, from Ottawa, Ontario. Guys, how's it going? Doing good, doing good. It's going good. Hell yeah. Uh, why don't we go ahead and introduce ourselves to the listeners out there. Who do I have here with me today? Uh, I'm John. Uh, I play guitar and bass in the band. And uh, I'm Eric. Uh, vocals. Hell yeah. Look in here. You guys have been out for a while now, since about 2014. Yeah, yep. I'll let John start on that. because It's a weird history. Absolutely. <laughs> and if if anybody who listens to the show already knows where I consult the metal archives, they're just like Wikipedia. They get a lot of shit wrong. Yeah, possible. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's like I've had some people come on where it says like, oh, they've been around since like 2002 and they really didn't start until like 2014 or some, something like that. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. So no, we started in 2014. Definitely. So tell everybody out there about Acid Cross. Uh, well, yeah. it's, uh, it started as, uh, it's just a side project. Um, myself and Eric were in another band called Regret, and the guitarist from that band, uh, me and him started Acid Cross. Just kind of as like a, it just kind of started as like a fun, like kind of like a Venom Bathory style like ripoff band. Him and I started it, and he was playing drums. And then we kind of brought we brought in another guy named Adam who played bass. And then we put out an album. Black Moon Rights, and then the you know life just kind of got busy for both of them. So I just continued doing it by myself, and then I released. Uh, there was an EP that came out that I had done everything by myself, and then when we did uh, the next album, uh, I asked Eric to join on vocals. Um, and at the re- I just at that point, I was in like four bands, and I was doing vocals in all four bands. And it's just like I have a thing about guys that do that. It just kind of annoys me. It's kind of like everyone has a unique voice and it's kind of like Phil Anselmo. It's like everyone, like every band he's in sounds like Pantera. Right. Like, even though the music doesn't sound like it, but it's like, you know, that's Phil Anselmo. <laughs> like, right. He doesn't have, he yeah. doesn't have, like he doesn't have a var- variety to his voice. So at the point I just didn't want to do vocals anymore. I just wanted to focus on writing the music and have someone else do vocals. So that's when Eric joined and it's pretty much just been us two. And then we have session members that come in on drums and bass. Definitely. And it looks like here you've got quite a few releases out from 2015 to now. That's one of the things about Metal Archives that they have wrong is that Murder Manor and Dungeon Thrash, we consider them albums. Okay. I mean, they say EPs, but I mean, that uh, it's it's because of the, 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 track the stupid rules that it has to be, if it's not 30 minutes long, it's not an album. It's like, tell that to Slayer. <laughs> you know what? That is absolutely right. And I will back that shit up to it. Because Rain and Blood is only like 29 minutes. Yeah. It's like super short. And to me, there's a lot of half songs on there. Uh, Honestly, Rain and Blood is a half song, in my opinion. Because it just has this culmination of a build and then nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I see that. Because like I'm looking at Murder Manor here. And yeah, there's eight songs on there. Yeah. You know, they're between... To uh, a minute and a half and two and a half minutes. So that to me is an album. Yeah, short and sweet. I mean, you you. It's like uh, you listen to uh, to uh, the destruction and first albums like uh, Sentence of Death. I mean, it's it's not even considered an album either. It's considered an EP. They mean that's an album. I mean, 
Right. Absolutely. And I'm looking at the latest thing that y'all had come out. It's called uh, Dungeon Thrash. And it's it's amazing because I love the artwork to it because it's total old school, like looks total painted, original, you know, 80s thrash type stuff. You've kind of got like the the D&D lettering when it, where it says Dungeon Thrash. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that is the D and D lettering. We stole it, it. It absolutely is. Uh, <laughs> shout out to you know uh, Throne of Iron who who used that as well. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the cool thing about this is, is when I looked at the artwork and I saw it, the like the dragon lizard guy totally reminds me of one of the Goombas from the Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've got that before, but I saw it and I was like, <laughs> that looks like the fucking Goombas. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never heard that one yet, but that's a, it's a first. Ah, oh, it, it it's insane. It's so close, but it, it it's totally cool though. I love old school artwork like that, and it totally looks. Was that so? That was just a digital release, is that correct? Uh, no, it came out on tape. Did it come out on tape as well? See, that's one yeah. of the things that they don't show on the metal archives. They just say digital. By yeah, the, by all the- of the releases. Pretty much all the releases, I think, were came out on tape at one point. That's yeah. rad. Yeah. So why tape? Uh, <laughs> why not? <laughs> honestly, we never. Uh, personally, for me, like I have a I have a very large CD collection. Um, but I don't know. There's something about the underground. They just there's for our style of music. There's just no demand for CD because I've I've I have other bands that we've made CDs. You know, we get like 500 CDs printed, and I mean, I still got 490 of them for like six years now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But tapes, you know, you put out 50 or 100 tapes, they're gone in like, you know, if you play live, they're gone in like two shows. Even if you don't play live, like, cause we don't play live anymore. Uh, you know, we sell out tapes. We'll sell 50 tapes in like a month. Right. So it's the collectability at that point. Yeah. It's also yep. the cost for, for us. Because okay. we do them all like, well, most of our releases are DIY. We've had a couple done by labels, but for me, the cost of putting out 50 tapes is like, 300 bucks the cost of putting out a cd because you have to make 500 of the minimum is you know like it's like 800 dollars, and i'm, I'm going to sit on them right and and that is a difficult decision and for anybody out there that is you know listening to the show you know know your audience and and know what you can what you can sell and what you're going to be able to unload essentially because as as you were saying i was in, i did the same thing we pressed a thousand copies of an album back almost 20 years ago and i know the drummer still has like like 500 copies of it and the only reason i know he has that many is because you know we literally started giving them away after the first year yeah that's what i do with cds for other bands i'm in i just throw them in with uh other orders right i mean yeah. they just put them close the next right and again it i think like multiple colored vinyl and cassette these days is i think it's extremely keepsake at this point where you have it to have it yeah exactly i mean uh i have tapes like i just bought them i don't even have a tape player anymore right and i still have I'm, I, i'll still buy a tape once in a while if i like the band i'm like i'll i'm in my head i'll be oh eventually i'll get a tape recorder uh tape player and but i just never do but like yeah i've got about 15 20 tapes upstairs and <laughs> they're just sitting there for now but you know they're they're also cool to look at i mean it's old school it's tapes it's fun well, definitely. And I think for people who were born in the eighties and nineties, it's definitely that, that sentimental. Damn, I wish. That, uh, I was born in the seventies. So wow. <laughs> that's why um, I'm saying that. 
Well, what I mean is like if you were a child through the 80s and 90s. Mm. Let's, yeah, let's let me rephrase it. If you were a child through the 80s and 90s, there's that nostalgic sentimental value that comes with owning a cassette tape where I mean, because when I was like eight, nine, ten years old, my parents would buy me a cassette tape because they didn't think I was mature enough to keep a CD from being scratched and all that shit. So- yeah. For me also, it was uh, in, if you're talking about like mid eighties, late eighties to like early nineties, there's a lot of tape trading going on. Oh, absolutely. and like, you know, a lot of, a lot of underground bands, like you, 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 you trade demo tapes from one city to another. Like there, you'd look at heavy metal magazines. There'd be lists in the back of people wanting to trade tapes. It was such a fun thing. And now you, you don't get that anymore, but everything's, I mean, everything's available online now. Right. So. And I think that really had, has died with the internet, unfortunately, where, yeah. I, where I have became, I'm a really big proponent of outlets like Bandcamp because there's no actual tape trading or mini zines anymore. There's, you know, it's almost a part of the culture that's died. Yeah. But I mean, you know, time goes on. We eventually like, it was fun, but I mean, it, it, it took a lot of time and you know, it, 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 now it's, it, I like also getting like, get on the internet and you, you get to listen to 30 bands and like no amount of time at all. You just do some searches. I like that too. I think it's fun. I think it, it's different and it, it, you know, you'll find some cool stuff today too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's the, like I said, being a huge proponent, proponent for band camp with being able to find these bands because there's so many bands that I, I find straight up on Bandcamp and, you know, just even Instagram where, you know, somebody has followed the Metal Forge page on either one of them. And it's like, all right, well, I want to see these guys. I want to find out what they're about. And it's really cool to find bands that way. Hey, everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. You said you don't play live anymore. Is it because of, you know, just everybody's too busy? Or is this something that one day you're still going to get back out and do and do something with? Uh, I mean, I, w- I would like to play live again. Um, when we played live, it was the original lineup. So it was, uh, we were a three piece then. And then whenever they left, 
I was in like like I said, I was at the time I was in so many bands that Acid Cross kind of got put on like the bottom, and the other bands because the other bands were doing live shows and touring, so they kind of took the they took kind of like the spotlight. And then once those bands kind of you know they're, they're none of those bands exist anymore, and now um, I'm back doing Acid Cross pretty much full time. I would like to do uh, more live shows probably whenever we're allowed to. <laughs> right. Maybe in 2022. Because um, we, the thing too is we, uh, Acid Cross has never had a live, has not had a, a, a real drummer since the first album up until now. We have, we have a live drummer, like a session drummer now because Murder Manor. So the, the split with Sardu and murder manor that's like i programmed those drums and dungeon thrash is actually james from hell ripper he did those drums for us nice and he's a friend yeah. of the show he was actually the uh the first guest of uh 2021 cool i didn't even look up guest session musicians on there because anytime i always click on it it seems like it, there's never anybody there he's such a rad dude he has like so much going on and he does his own thing too and then gets people to come in and just just jam the fuck out yeah, I've known him for a like a long time. I think I first met him in like 2000 and I never well, I haven't met him. I met him online. Right. In 2014 and I think we we did a split with Hell Ripper. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, another Creek. band called Creek. And I think that's like one of Hell Ripper's first releases. So yeah, I've known him for a long time. And I mean, you know, Hell Ripper's gone on to be a, a huge band. I mean, like <laughs> Oh, absolutely. And it's interesting because I've I see people, you know, cause he, he retweets like the, the, the goat shorts on, on his Instagram and Twitter page and everything. Yeah. And the other day I was sitting there just fumbling through Instagram and I saw one of them I was like, Hey, I know that girl. And it was somebody in my city. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> What's next? I mean, are you all going to, you know, cause it looks like, uh, Dungeon Thrash came out at the beginning of 2020. Yeah. So are you all con uh, currently writing something new or do you have something ready to go that you just haven't released yet? Uh, we're recording a new album. So we're recording uh, nine new songs in November. Nice. Yeah. And, and I assume the, the, the lag between Dungeon Thrash and this is because of COVID and everything? Yeah, we were supposed to record earlier this year. Like we've been waiting. Uh, we record with uh, Shani from uh, Inepsy at his studio but he he lives uh he lives in Gatineau he lives in Quebec which Eric lives in Quebec too and I live in Ontario so we're separated by like a like the bridge like it's two different provinces so there was a while there because of the COVID restrictions we weren't allowed to travel between provinces we were supposed to record I think in like May or around yeah. there and then it got pushed to the summer but then because all the other bands were 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 like their schedules were disrupted we then have to keep pushing it so it's scheduled for the end of november so hopefully we can it should be out by latest january 2022 definitely and that that's awesome do you have a, a name you're, you're willing to to share for this collection of songs uh we haven't talked about anything yet ah, <laughs> damn I'll, i always ask have all the nobody ever wants so. to give up the goods <laughs> <laughs> well we just usually wing it last minute <laughs> When it comes time to stuff for naming the album, you know, yeah. being an artist myself, I I wish I could be that way. It it always seems to come to me at like that moment of clarity, personally, where it's just like I'll be talking with the other members of the band and I'll 
just get on this wild kick and I'll say something. I'll be like, that's it. That's the name for the, the, the next group of things. That's the next song's uh, album name. And it usually is. And it kind of steers the boat to an idea. Yeah. Well, you see, like, that's pretty much what happened. Like, uh, somebody, uh, I can't remember John Meek. Well, we'll remember the name of the person who put out the, they put out uh, a couple of our releases on uh, this compilation tape. And John writes me and he's like, so what are we going to call this? And I'm like, I'm trying to think. And I was getting some, some heartburn and shit. And I go, why would we just call it acid reflux, man? And, and that's because, you know, it just fits with the name of the band and it's coming back like, like acid reflux. <laughs> and that's what we called it. That is amazing. <laughs> I mean, and it, it totally fits. That's the great thing about it. Looking here on the Metal Archives, it does say that you, lyrical themes are old horror movies, zombies, murder, death, gore, stuff like that. Tell me. I don't think that's been updated. You don't think it's been updated for a while? Yeah, we kind of moved away from that. I mean, we still do have some horror stuff, but it's mostly more to do with Dungeons and Dragons and like fantasy. Okay. Which yeah. mean the Dungeon Thrash is the reason it's yeah. up to date. Definitely. But yeah, the first, uh, the, the first uh, album and the first uh, the, the split with Stardew definitely have more of a horror theme. Those songs are all like they're all based around like old Hammer horror movies and stuff like that. Well, even Murder Manor had some too, like uh, Antarctic Bloodshed was like about the, the thing. And so you still had a few lyrics like that were still horror themed, like even for um, at Murder Manor. Yeah, definitely. So what about the album artwork? Because you've got like. The Black Moon Rites artwork, the the kind of demon on the cover with with the awesome logo, and then as time goes on, looking through the other things that you've that you've done, you know, you get like a little bit more black and white oriented. I know Witchmaker has color on it with a different logo actually, but then you get more of like the DIY look of everything, you know, where it it looks like it like metal punks from beyond. It has this this really awesome old school tape look to it. Yeah, that was kind of like what we were going for with that one. The uh, I, Carl Dahmer did the first album, Black Moon Rights, and I mean he's done a lot of bands. And then yeah, the the, the thing with the uh, with the Witchmaker EP was I released the Witchmaker EP as uh, this is another thing that Metal Archives probably gets wrong. The Witchmaker EP was just released as a demo because I had demoed those tracks and I had released them and I had just made kind of made that different logo. And I that like the the weird the weird like deer skull with like the gas mask. I drew that myself. Okay, but it was never it was never released. It was literally just put up on like the band camp. But then those are the same four tracks that kind of I just took the rough demos and remixed them and then released the split with. Sardu. Okay. So yeah, I'm seeing that. Metal now. Archives, I think, shows it as an actual release, but it's not. It, it was, it's like, I didn't, it didn't come out on any format. It was just, it was just put, it was just uploaded to the Bandcamp page. Yeah. I, oh, well, I, yeah, it was on, it was on Bandcamp. And then I think it might have been, I swapped it out at some point for the actual tracks that are on the split. Definitely. Let's talk about Dungeon Thrash with the artwork. Because I mentioned it a yeah, little bit was, earlier and how the, the lizard guy reminds me of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Where did that come from? Where did the art from? Uh, that's the painting. That's an oil painting done by Colin Rogers, who uh, he has an Instagram page called Eerie Crips and Naked Chicks. <laughs> nice. He does a lot of artwork for horror themed like magazines. Like he does like a Evil Speak magazine. 
Uh, I'm trying to think of the other ones he's done. There's a couple other underground horror magazines he's done artwork for. But uh, yeah, I, he basically, I basically approached him and just gave him the idea and said, you know, I said, make it kind of, I was, I, you know, I said, I want a lizard person of some sort with a naked woman and make it satanic. And that's what he came up with. <laughs> and I would say that that checks all the boxes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. That checks all the boxes. So I do want to switch over here and ask you guys some general profile questions about you as people. Are, are you all good with that? Yeah, yeah. Not a problem. Awesome. Uh, first question, rapid fire. Priest or maiden? Uh, priest for me. Maiden. I got I got Eddie tattooed on my hand. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but having said that, next month I'm going to get Scream for Vengeance tattooed on my entire upper arm. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a hard one. But that is a hard one. And I'll take maiden. <laughs> if you could relive any age of your life, what would it be? Damn. As far as shows go, I'd go back to like when I was younger for sure. But apart from that, like I don't I don't mind where I am right now. So <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, as far as shows go, like yeah, definitely like uh late eighties, like I saw it, like Slayer Ring and Blood Tour here in Montreal and with Razor, DBC, and Deton. I mean, for 15 bucks, I mean, you can't go wrong back in those days. Like the World mm -hmm. War III with Voivod, Creator, and all these destruction, all, all playing Montreal back in the day. Like it was just, the scene was just insane back then, especially for Thrash. Mm -hmm. Now it seems all the shows are all mixed. Going to shows when you were that young, you know, the you saw Slayer uh, and then for like 15 bucks, and now it seems like it's all like a big mixed bag of, of shows. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, back then it seems like, if, you know, you'd have a theme. It'd be like, uh, I remember there, there there was one, two shows. One night was like a, a thrash night, and then the next night was more like the hardcore night. You had DRI, Ludicrist, uh, or Ludicrous, whoever, whatever you want to call them, and Dag Nasty on one night. And then on the other night, you had Creator Voivod, and I might be wrong on the exact bands, but it was something like that. Creator right. Voivod, maybe Sacrifice. Yeah, like know, all, all, and so... And now it seems like you'll have like, it, I mean, it, it, some people like that, but me, I like, you know, I like my themes like, so, but that's, you know, that's me. Definitely. Well, uh, I grew up in the nineties and I don't really want to go back there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess I would say, uh, probably when I was like, I started playing guitar really young. Like I started playing guitar when I was like 13. I joined like I, before I even knew how to play. Actually, I started playing bass when I was 13, but before I even knew how to play, I joined, like, I basically bought a bass to join a band with a bunch of friends. And we were like a Black Flag, like Descendants, Misfits type punk band. And uh, I think if I was to go back, I'd go back to around 16 or 17 and I would have gotten more into metal earlier because I didn't start listening or learning metal on guitar until I was like 19 or 20. Okay. I had played in punk bands, you know, just three chord punk my like from 13 up until like 20 like i didn't join any metal bands until i was almost 25 and i'm 37 now so i haven't been playing metal that long and uh i think yeah if i could i would go back and just actually learn metallica songs but i mean at the time it was hard for me to like metallica because at the time <laughs> load and reload 
was what I got. Right. Yeah. And I'm telling you, like you, you put load and reload up against GBH and discharge. I'm sorry, but Metallica can go fuck themselves. They're, they're not. They have no- <laughs> I think Metallica would agree on the discharge part too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I because I'll be like I I didn't even know Metallica was a thrash band until I was like 18 because I had never like once I heard load and reload and I didn't go back to look to listen to anything before it. Right. You know, it wasn't until I met other like until I met metalheads who were like, you got to listen to Kill 'Em All. Like, you got to listen to Master of Puppets. You know, you got to go listen to Megadeth and you got to listen to Iron Maiden and Judas Priest. Because like, <laughs> I was kind of one of those like punks in the 90s that were kind of like, you know, like screw heavy metal. Like, right. it was like, it, it was very divided whenever I was like 14, 15. No, we didn't get along. No, you're absolutely right. We're close to the same age. And it really was a divided thing, even here in America, because Metallica from 91 on really became the adult band. Like it was cool if you were an adult to like them because they played yeah. uh, more, uh, quote, adult themed music at that point. You know, yeah, like my dad listened to Metallica. Right. So as opposed to, you know, the 15, 14, 15, 16 year old that listened to Metallica in the 80s, it was the commercialism and the trendiness of it from the Black Album until St. Anger, I guess, because then that turned all of them off, too. <laughs> yeah, well, I stopped. I assume um, my last Metallica album was Master of Puppets. Anything after that, I'm like, not even injustice. I, wow. First of all, the lack of bass on that album is just disgusting. Th- that and, is. And, and, and the whole, I don't know, the whole attitude changed after that. And I don't know if Cliff was the heart and soul of that man back then, but I don't know, something changed. And I just, there was just so much better stuff, heavier stuff. And then you had like the bands like Bullthrow were coming out, Napalm Death and Entombed and all this crap. So Metallica were just like going downhill while all the other bands were going back speed. up. Yeah. And that's why they quit too, because they couldn't keep up. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's going to get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no 
man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one, because they stopped beating their wives. <laughs> and weird, we never even thought of. Well, no, my friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. <laughs> weird. It's going to get weird is the name of the podcast, available everywhere, and thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. Beer or whiskey? Beer. Beer. Any particular brand? Sleeman Cream Ale. Old style Pilsner. I don't know if Americans have that. It's literally just called old style. we don't, but I've heard about it. (laughs) It's If you've ever watched FUBAR, it's it's all Terry and Diener will drink. All right, time out for a second. (laughs) I'm having the same fucking conversation I had last night. <laughs> it comes in like a festive, like red and green can. Yeah, it's like this. It's just the most Canadian beer you'll see other than like Molson Canadian. <laughs> right. Definitely. Metalheads are usually collectors of things. So what do you guys collect? Oh, my God. <laughs> I collect Dungeons and Dragons miniatures right now, which is insane. <laughs> I've got too many of paint. <laughs> that is I've been there back when they actually had the D&D minis game like 15 years ago oh they still have them there's like six of them now if I'm not mistaken well I know like they're they, board games based off Dungeons and Dragons and they have like about 50 miniatures per game oh wow yeah because I, like, yeah, I know I've they got, got like about, the booster boxes yeah they've got those little like the unpainted ones also yeah Right. Yeah, the 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 whiz kids. Yeah, I've got a wall full of those. I've got, and I've got. I've I've been on. I like did the hate Kickstarter, which is was like a Kickstarter only game. It's got amazing minis. Uh, I've I've got about seven or eight different kinds of games right now. I'm waiting for another Kickstarter that's late because of COVID. But yeah, and I've got tons of minis to paint. And so you know, apart from that, like yeah, I, I collect that and. Anything, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, the books, uh, anything to play D&D pretty much. Hell yeah. Right now, because I am the dungeon master, so. <laughs> nice. It, it, it's definitely a fun thing to be the DM. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? What do you collect? Uh, I don't really collect anything outside of, like, vinyl and, like, CD, like, music. That's really all I collect. <laughs> no, Absolutely. As as I said earlier in the show, that's that's totally a collectible thing. You know, people buy tapes. People buy, you, you know, you got six different colors on vinyl. I mean, I've I've been known to have a couple of different colors because of the the rarity of them. Oh yeah, I've, yeah, dude, yeah. I've got that too on some Sabbath albums, of course, like the 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 rare uh, Russian version or right. got a few Russian versions and a few different different editions of Master of Reality. Definitely, yeah, we're. Or the the jacket printed different, you know. Yeah. Like I've got a, I it's a it's a bootleg, but I do have a green copy of Ride the Lightning. Oh, cool. Where the where the jacket's printed in green instead of blue. Yeah. So absolutely, I I can get behind that. Uh, what's your biggest fear? Heights for me, probably. I hate heights. I can get uh, behind that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm putting him on the spot. He'll he'll hang up and he'll be like. Ah, it was this. I don't. I don't know. I don't really have any. Like, I don't have any phobias. I don't think. Really? 
Awesome. That's cool. I mean, probably I, my biggest fear is just dying of something that I don't know I have. Ooh. Like, <laughs> just, you know, like just dropping dead and someone being like, yeah, he had a, he had a brain aneurysm. Oh shit. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, like, I do actually, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about weird shit like that. Like, you know, I'll, I'll like be sitting weird in a chair and stand up and my leg is numb. And I'll be like, am I having a like seizure? <laughs> or yeah. Am I gonna die? Is this like, a, is this a symptom of like something? <laughs> No, absolutely, and and that's the the weirdness of the human body, I guess. That it it's all kind of, yeah, as George Carlin would say, it's all guesswork in a white coat. Yeah, <laughs> nobody actually, really knows. I read um, it's it, it's it's in one of Dave Mustaine's autobiographies. He whenever he went into rehab for like the last time before he like finally kicked his addictions apparently he like he first got there and he sat like there was like a there was a chair that had like a really high back like you know like those like british like royalty like chairs like yeah they're an antique chair it was like that and, and i guess the way he sat in it he put his one arm up over the top of the chair and he fell asleep for something i you know i don't remember exactly but he fell asleep for like a long time like seven or eight hours and i guess he woke up and his arm was like done he couldn't move it. He couldn't feel anything. And he had to go through like a bunch of rehab. Right. And the doctors were telling him like, you're never going to play guitar again. I guess that's why there's such a big gap from whenever like, uh, what's that album in 2002? The system has failed or whatever. The comeback album in the early 2000s. Yeah. You know, last the album from the 90s. That's why there's a big gap between them. Right. Because he, I, apparently he couldn't play guitar because his, because See, his I arm thought it, fell. I through. thought it was much later than that. I thought it was between like uh, United Abominations and like 13 or something. Oh, maybe it was. Or uh, Endgame or something like that. I thought it was like maybe, I don't know. 2008 and to like 2011 or something. But yeah, I know the I know the story that you're talking about. It's it's where he fell asleep and and basically he cut off circulation to his arm. Yeah. And then had to go through ridiculous amounts of like rehab and surgeries to 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 fix the nerve damage and shit like that or to try and fix the nerve damage and and he's finally playing again and everything and he, that guy has been through so much shit not only that but then he didn't he end up getting uh throat cancer or something like that too yeah, yeah. he just got uh, a few years that, ago which yeah i th i thought it was cr it's crazy that they're on tour right now and he's not like vaccinated or like anything so i mean yeah i would think that if he had throat cancer he'd have like you a know his immune, his immune system would be like not as strong as it should be so but definitely uh got a couple more questions uh what was your favorite tv show growing up damn i have no clue i like three's company john ritter was hilarious right on i'm like yeah i'm old so there you go <laughs> no three's of hazard was cool <laughs> even uh, though they're Right, Confederate flag is a thing that is a big issue now. But I mean, right. as far as I'm, a, I'm a car guy too. So you know, I own a '72 Mustang. So I like anything classic car, drag racing, and stuff. So right on, yeah. Three's Company, I can, I can get behind. You know, that's uh oh, he was I love such classic an amazing TV comedian. like that. He was such a physical comedian; it was insane. Like when he would do his tripping all with like his slapstick and stuff. It, John Ritter was like, there was no one better than him at that. Right. At least for that generation, I would say. Yeah. Because I think yeah. Dick Van Dyke. Oh, yeah, definitely. And here I'm talking about Dick Van Dyke on the Metal Forge, by the way. <laughs> but no, Dick Van Dyke in his day, for sure. Yeah. John Ritter is like the next generation for it. I could. Yes, definitely. I'd have to probably say like South Park for me. I mean, I was I was I was I was probably around 12, 11 or 12 when that came out. And I remember my, my dad, he used to work, uh, 
But I used to work night shift. I used to work at Kraft. I used to make uh, cheese whiz, Kraft <laughs> single. Nice. <laughs> but uh, I remember, like, because whenever South Park first came out, it, it aired at, like, midnight. Because it was so controversial that they were like, we can't let our kids see this. Like, we like no one should be watching this. Like, it's just terrible. <laughs> and I remember my dad. Like, my dad would work nights, and uh, he, you know, he 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 would so he would be up on like Saturday night at like midnight because he couldn't sleep. And uh, I remember him just being like, "Have you watched this show, South Park?" <laughs> and I was like, "No." And he's like, "Oh, you got to stay up and watch this. It's funny because I'm, I'm like 11 years old. <laughs> like, any, any other parent would be like, "Yeah, he's not watching that." <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I remember like I had like you know like soon as that that I remember it blew up and like I just my bedroom had all the posters. You know, I had like everything was South Park. So yeah, probably South yeah South Park or The Simpsons. Definitely. I, mean, I also caught the like whenever The Simpsons got their own show there. I remember like it being like a big thing, like my babysitter at the time, because I mean, I was only like six at that point. Uh, I remember my babysitter being like, you know, letting me stay up and watch it. And like just another show that probably kids shouldn't have watched at that age. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? that and for me, there was another one, too. It was uh, the Ren and Stimpy show. Oh, yeah, that oh, yeah that too. I love that show. That to Definitely. me is the, my favorite cartoon. I've seen like anything that is cartoon. Now that that to me was just rolling on the floor laughing oh absolutely it was just so ridiculous hey guys wrestling steve of the wrestling steve show here uh so if you're currently listening to the metal forge with mark jackson then you understand that mark jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole you also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling just like me the, my show is called the wrestling steve show uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is the Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. So, I have one more question, but before I get into it, do you have any shout-outs you want to give to anybody? Shani from ENFC, just uh, thanks for the the studio time, and, you know, I've been friends with Shani for over fucking 25 years now, so, uh, yeah, like him, just shout-out to him and and love what he's doing with the the studio. He's got some great bands. If you could could look up a Pils, P-I-L-S, Sessions, on uh i think they've got a facebook now so what he does is he records uh three songs for free for a band and they sort of have a podcast with it and i now for they they even made a video i think for fractured with it so yeah you could look that up it's called pill sessions uh you can look it up on facebook it'll give you uh all the links i guess to, to listen to it and yeah he he just pretty much records bands for free for three songs and they make a little podcast and it's uh for him it's a way to promote the studio no Hell man's yeah. land studio. Hell yeah. John, I don't know if you got anybody you want to 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, a big shout out to anybody who's helped with the band. I mean, John from uh, Von Frost Records, he was always, you know, he's put out a couple of tapes for us. He's always enthusiastic about it. Um, he doesn't do his label anymore, but his label exists, still exists, but someone else took it over. Uh, you know, James from Hell Ripper, I mean, he's been a big, uh, you know, supporting us since day one. And, you know, he, he helped with the last album. Uh, you know, there's so many bands that like, I've been in contact with that, you know, that they're just, they share everything. They're always helpful, you know, like bands like Whip Striker, Germ Bomb, you know. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, just pretty much like, I mean, I have, I'm, I've, I've had so many bands that I, I get it mixed up who helped what band. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure. in the past, the past like 10 years, I've been in like eight bands. So it's hard to, it's hard to individualize them and be like, oh yeah, he did that for us or she did that for us. But I mean, anybody's helped us. Like anyway, he shared the links, bought something, came to a show, whatever. Like, thanks for the support. I mean, the underground scene only works because we support each other. Definitely. Yeah. I can, I, I definitely agree with that. So in the words of Razor, I pledge to keep it alive. I promise metal will thrive. I swear my soul to the cause to teach all metal laws. Yes. So <laughs> last question of the day, what album changed your life? For me, it's got to be Kiss Destroyer. Got that album given to me by my cousin's boyfriend at the time who was a DJ. I was eight years old and they were babysitting me and I, I picked it out. He was a DJ and I picked it out of his collection and he goes, you like it, take it home. And my mom still hates him to this day. <laughs> <laughs> he corrupted you. Yeah. He just, he sent me on a path. And after that, like, just, like went into like, my brother was like, uh, he's six years older than me. So like, you know, I got into the Sabbath and the, and, and the Led Zepp and stuff. And then, but I, I fear, Great more towards the heavy metal as he stayed more to the rock. And yeah. So after, after Black Sabbath, like basically my first album from with Black Sabbath song was not even a Black Sabbath album it was Ozzy's, uh, Speak of the Devil live show. And, uh, that was the first Ozzy that I bought. And, but it was all Sabbath songs. And back then I didn't know because I was, you know, maybe 11, not even, not even 10, 10 or 11, maybe. And, yeah. So after and later on, I bought all the original Sabbath albums. And, like I, I own every Aussie album recording that's out there. So like he's he's up there on my list of uh, for sure favorite uh, vocalists. Jonathan, what about you? Uh, I'd have to say like the album that like what that put me on the path, I guess you would say, of metal and punk was uh, Green Jelly serial killer soundtrack that album so they i don't know if you guys know anything about that band they used to be called green jello right and so like i said my dad worked at craft so craft sued them because they own the <laughs> rights to jello and so craft used to have like a newsletter for like the employees like that you know like like uh, things that are going on at craft and i guess one of the things in there was about that whenever that happened that they sued them so my dad actually went out and bought the album and, you know, he listened to it and he was like, yeah, this is not ZZ Top, so I'm not going to keep this. <laughs> so he gave it to me. And I just remember like, you know, it, it was cool because the, the, the booklet for the CD was a comic book. Yeah. And it told the story of the album and each song was about parts of the comic. And I just remember being like, I was really, really into comics at that age. And I just remember being like, this is awesome. 
And then, you know, from there, it just kind of like sprawled into like, you know, meeting other people and being like, you know, I, we listen to like the, whatever, you know, uh, the Beatles here at this house. And it's like, yeah, well, we fucking listen to Green Jelly at this house. <laughs> just being like at that, like, like, you know, like people would find out you listen to Green Jelly, like other kids' parents would find that out and they'd be like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with your parents? Why did they give you this? <laughs> right. You know? and it's like and the, but then you meet the kid who's like that's fucking cool and it was like you know that's how i met like the some of the people that i joined that band like i said like i bought a bass to join a band it was basically from that album from us like just listening to that album being like let's do something like this <laughs> oh absolutely you know my uh introduction to that band was uh maximum carnage the, the yeah, video, that's another the video game <laughs> and i've liked them ever since and if i'm not mistaken they have a uh, a world record in the Guinness Book of World Records for most band members of a band ever. Awesome. Because there's only one actual member and he contracts out everybody to like on yeah. tour. Like you might get uh, this drummer that plays three or four shows and then the next drummer plays three or four shows in this swing and, and he'll go on tour for like 60 dates and it'll be like 12 different drummers to the entire thing. Awesome. Yeah, they're they're definitely uh he's definitely a weird guy. For sure. <laughs> and yeah, just just even looking into that band, how they have like the, the connections with Tool in the early nineties and everything, it's so it's so rad to to find out like that era's music scene, how it's so like a bowl of spaghetti. <laughs> you know? Where like these all these bands, these uh these famous bands would like even like in the eighties, you know, they would practice like in the same areas. They would all practice in like a same like storage unit or some shit. Yep. All that stuff's interesting as shit to me. Guys, Eric, Jonathan, thank you so much for coming into the Metal Forge this week. On our Good way pleasure, out, man. definitely. On our way out today, off of the new album, off of Dungeon Thrash. What are we gonna play today? Well, I'd have to look at the tracks list. I can't even remember the tracks. List. <laughs> Uh, John, you pick one. I would pick Terrifier. Awesome. Oh yeah, that's that's my that's my favorite riff. Gentlemen, again, thank you so much. As you heard, this is Terrifier.
Hey, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now... We're really going to start pounding the metal madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on.